No, okay, what's the worst job you guys ever had? Worst job. I was a goddamn collection agent during the recession. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh no. I can't I, top that. I can't I top that. I definitely cannot I top that. Dude, I can't top that. Uh, I worked in a I worked in a kitchen. I, I loved working in kitchens, but I worked in one kitchen where I was the prep cook for the entire day. And uh, I had, like, it was a very busy restaurant, and they refused to staff any other prep cooks because I had prior cooking experience. So I had three pe- three persons job and I was supposed to get there at like four o'clock in the morning to start. And I worked until about four or five o'clock in the evening, right before the dinner rush. And that was my day every day. And I did that for uh, six days a week. That job fucking sucked. Oh man. Sure, you know, the fucking, here's the worst job I've had. And this might, and people think it's, it sounds crazy when I talk about it. I used to work for a rental car company when I first got out of the army. It was long ass, it ended up being 12 hour days. Constant, constant, go, 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 trying to get cars to body shops, deal with this, this, that, that. And people, you know, not bringing things back on time before the next one was supposed to go out. And dealing with people yelling at me with their first world problems over the counter all day for 12 hours without a break. I was lucky if I, if I got lunch. And before that, right before that, I was in the British Army. I did a tour of Afghanistan. I was in two firefights firing a belt-fed machine gun. And I would rather do that again than deal with people's first world problems. Standing 12 hours at a counter, listening to them scream at me because their fucking Toyota Yaris is not a Nissan Versa and was five minutes late because the last person did bring it back on time. Like, I fucking, I hate people. Hate, I fucking hate people. Anyway, what are we talking about today? No, so, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done because I only, yeah, you guys thought that me working uh, at the You've had a agency, litany of oh, really so many jobs. jobs, though. Yeah, well, hold on. This one gets better. Not only did that happen, I had to listen to one of the, we call them debtors, people that are in debt, right, that we call. This is over phone bills, by the way. She was 80 years old and had her phone stolen out of her car the day she got it, the day after Christmas. Right. And so she's like, I'm not paying a bill. And I'm like, and nor should you, but I have to call you three times a goddamn week. Oh my right. God, yeah. So, and I'm listening to, I'm on the phone with her and she's like, oh, the gangbangers out back are, are always <laughs> shooting at us and, and they're taking stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, Irene. That's, I should have laughed at that. It's just, and, I didn't expect so, you to say that. And so like, I'm, I'm talking to her like two months later and she goes, hold on a sec. And I'm hearing this popping noise in the back. I'm like, what's that? She's like, oh, the gang members are shooting the back of my house up again. And I'm like, call 911. Hang up with me and call out. <laughs> oh, they do this sometimes. You want to know the worst part of that job, though? It wasn't even that. Like what? It, it, That's a pretty bad part it, of that it, job. It, it wasn't about the guy that flew in from uh, from Saskatchewan and stood outside the locked door with a baseball bat waiting for us to come out at the end of our shift. And it wasn't about the fact that I had to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to get to work in time to call 7 a.m. on the East Coast. Right. Wait, wait, he had the money to pay for a plane ticket, but not to pay his bills. It was a matter of principle for ninety percent of people that don't pay their phone bill. It's a matter of principle, huh. right? And so the worst part of it was my first goddamn day on the job was Christmas fucking Eve. Oh my oh, god! No, that oh was by far the worst. I'm bullshit. sorry, I complained about my Fuck. job. Well, I, okay, to be fair, I've never been in a firefight. I've been lit no, on I wasn't fire. Complaining at work. About, I wasn't complaining I, about that job. I, I was got, complaining about the one after. That. I, I got I got lit on fire at work. I was I was working in a haunted house and I was wearing a latex mask. And some guy reached out with a lighter and lit the mask on fire while I was wearing it. And and, and then we got in a fist fight because because he was being a, a dick. Your face was on fire. My face was literally. I could smell latex for two weeks inside my nose. It was one of those ones that really hugs your face and like the nostrils yeah, line up. Yeah. And like I, I couldn't get that mask off fast enough. Oh but so that one was, and I would still rather do that. Yeah. Than than 
freaking collections. My how God. Long, how, long were you in, how long were you in collections for? Uh, I was in collections for eight months before they closed down the office and moved to Toronto and they offered to pay us a moving fee to stay with them. And I just, I could, I didn't have enough middle fingers for them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I could not get out of there fast enough. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, so I, I actually know a thing or two about getting out of like Canadian debt yeah. law and stuff and, yeah. and how to budget and fuck I find me. these jobs, like the one I talked about, the one you talked about, makes me like such a good customer with people. I can't remember. The last time I got pissed off in a restaurant because the food wasn't right here because it was late or anything, I am so understanding now when I deal with people, and it just makes me hate people who complain all the more. I I have I have a, actually you know what I'm gonna call him out. Dan's brother used to go on like online <laughs> dates and stuff like he I, he didn't do Tinder. It was like plenty of fish, plenty so of yeah, fish yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so this is just before the Twitter thing. So he was doing the online dating thing. He ended up dating a girl. Uh, he went on the one date with her, and she was the rudest person ever. Oh, I can't handle it. To the wait staff, and he just and he was like instant deal breaker. He was like, she's yeah. good looking, she's smart, she's got a solid job, she's like she's well educated, she's funny, she has rad personality, but she ripped on the wait staff, and he left. He paid early and left yeah. and walked out. He just couldn't deal with it, right? So, like, I cannot stand I, people that are rude to wait staff. I, I, I don't understand the frame of mind that... And, like, working in kitchens I, for a long time... I, I, like, I I've had people, like, grab their plates and throw them... Like, I worked in an open kitchen for uh, five years. I had people grab their plates because they weren't satisfied with their dish and throw it at the chef's... In the open kitchen. It's unbelievable. It's, it's an right? open kitchen where you cook in this one, but you can go cook in other kitchens too, and it's okay. The kitchen will be up <laughs> no, no, no. Open kitchen, open relationship, different things. Okay, yeah. all right. Open I'm kitchen doing is, it wrong. Open kitchen is where you could see the chefs making What if one of the chefs goes to another place. kitchen and you go to another kitchen, but it's not working out in your kitchen? Are they still allowed to have their kitchen? Or is that not good <laughs> But no, okay, shall we actually get on? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So today we're uh, talking about, uh, we're doing another mom mentality. Uh, did you say mom mentality? Mob, mob? mentality. Because okay. um, they're like, the worst for complaining. Clean your room. Today we're talking about no, goblins. Uh, more generally, goblinoids, because uh, goblins. You can't do one without the other. You can't others, do right? the one without the other. So, Not in my kitchen. Um, so, we're going to roll the music and then we'll get at this. Sure. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. And we're back. Uh, so, welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast. My name is Dan. Across the table for me is... Adam. Adam. And to my left is... Terry. Once. Just once. I would love for you guys Never. to just be on my <laughs> nope, side. With no. the thing. We have meetings about this Figure shit. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. What are you going to do now? How, how are we going to make Stan squirm this week, guys? <laughs> I can't wait till we get on video and so people can watch you just turn red and just, I know. just hate glare us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my have, God. Whenever I don't have a response, it's because I'm so enraged that my brain has stopped working that you would... Yeah, I'm trying to tip you over the edge so that one day you just lose it and you just go... Why would you do that? Adam, what's the movie? Which which movie? Harry. He's, he's over the edge and he just starts losing his mind. Oh, falling it? down! Falling down! Yes. Falling Dan. Falling ten. I'm 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 going to shove that microphone up one of you one of these days. It's That's happening. the plan. It started. That is the promises, plan. Promises, promises, my friend. Can you get on with it, please? Because you're wasting time. I you would love to. Anyway, so uh, today we're talking about goblinoids. I'm just going to steamroll ahead here. Um, specifically, goblins. They are a tribal nuisance in. All of the world of uh, Toril, which is uh, the Forgotten Realms, um, 
we want to kind of, just to give you guys an idea of where we're going with this episode, we want to cover their characteristics and their society, uh, and then we're going to move on, really talk to about what they do in combat, both uh, all three of the goblins, Bugbear and Hobgoblin, because they're all drastically different. And then we're going to uh, toss some example encounters at you guys and uh, ask how how would you make a goblin combat uh, scenario fun? Um, or different or unique. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. First, I just want to do a quick little rundown of their individual societies. Uh, we'll we'll start with the big one, and I mean that by number alone, one of the most prolific races in the dun- in the Dungeons and Dragons world, goblins. Um, these little guys are everywhere. They're a tribal base. Um, they worship their one god, um, Mugubliet, but there is their god above Mugubliet when Mugubliet. We'll talk about this later. Um, but uh, I cannot pronounce for the life of me this god. So I'm going to say it slowly right now. Kurgoberg? Or go home? I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yes! Thank you, yes. Thank you. That oh, was actually well done. I'm out. But, uh, See you next week. <laughs> Kurgoberg is the uh, kind of the overseer god of all of goblins um whereas magubliet is kind of their main inspiration and drive and conqueror god so um is it is it is it a hard g in hagrugic uh like bagged i guess has two g's right so yeah it, it's yeah. it's hagrugic i don't know it's it's a, it's a yeah, shitty one to say yeah yeah it's 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 really hard to say but is it, it's that, that's the bugbear they're very goblinoid but but that's the the bugbear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Is he above Maglubiet? No, they're equal. Okay. I would say. So who's the who's the god above? Uh, Kurgorberg. Kurgorberg. Yeah, the overseal over all of Goblinoid, uh, all of the Goblinoid gods. All right. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah. How do you say that? Right. Kurgorberg. 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 We're, we're spending a lot of time on this guy's name, so we're just going to move on. Um, first thing I want to mention about goblins specifically is their uh, their kind of society and how they run their things. They are a caste-based tribal society. They have five, uh, sorry, no, four main castes uh, called the Lashers, the Hunters, the Gatherers, and the Pariahs. Their Lashers are the closest thing you're going to have to nobility. They're, they're ones who are running most of the tribes. Um, you have your hunters, which are your armsmen, your, um, the ones who understand how to use tools and will go out and actually, uh, hunt or farm or assault or do what they need to do. Uh, gatherers are the second lowest cast. They are the ones who are, um, they're gatherers. They're out stealing, um, from cities while the hunters are kind of distracting things. They're out, uh, gathering what food they can from this uh, area around. And then there's the pariahs, which are tend to be the dumbest and the slowest of the uh, goblins. And they their entire job is to kind of clean up after the goblins, which if anyone has run a goblin encounter uh, or where you go into a goblin camp, these are not neat places. The Priyas are not doing a good job. Oh, it's chaotic as all hell. It's right? absolutely chaotic as all hell. Wait, hold on, hold on. So you talk about the four casts, but there are two other sides to goblin life besides this. For goblinoids. Or for specific goblins. Yes, yeah. Do, can I 
jump yeah, in on yeah, this? Yeah, go ahead. So the first one, and I mean, this is really quick. Uh, Beastmasters and Slave Masters, is that where we're going? Or? No, no, not, not at all. I mean, the, see, there's so much about goblins. There is. There, there are Beastmasters and Slave Masters. But I was talking about the for a hierarchy perspective. Oh, yeah, okay. There is your Nilbog. Yeah. Which is just a, a chaotic as all hell um, goblin who's sent in to disrupt things. Yeah. He's apparently like possessed by the unnamed trickster god that Maglubia didn't kill. Mm-hmm. That has like like hides in the background, and if the goblinoid, if the goblin camp is too serious, then the god will possess one of the goblins and turn it into a nilbog, and he'll just be like a jester. And so a lot of the times the goblins will actually appoint a fake nilbog just to like keep everybody else happy and giggling yep. so that they don't have a god in their mix. Yeah. So that that's one of the things. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Nilbogs are like, they're not even listed with goblins. They're listed under N in the monster manual, right? They're their own crazy bullshit. And it's goblin backwards. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Oh but my the, God, it is goblin backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but but the other thing is the... The boo The boo and there are four different kinds of boo yags. A boo yag is just a goblin that has some sort of magical uh, power to them. They don't. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's pronounced boo yag. Boo yag. Yeah, the H would say it's a boo yag. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. So uh, the idea is that goblins don't understand magic, and their gods don't want to share magic with them, so that they they hold it back from them. There that, are five different types. There are five. Boo-yags. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So there's uh, there's the Booyah caster. Uh, so this one is like your wizard, right? He stole a spell book and read some stuff, and now he casts spells. Um, there's the uh, the wielder who just, like, has a wand. Yeah, he's the guy that's walking around with a necklace of fireballs, and he knows if he throws this, it makes a big boom. Oh. Um, yeah, and then there's the uh, the whip, which essentially the, the Booyah whip gives him the power to, like, enslave other goblins so he has a handful of other goblins that follow him around doing whatever he wants he magically dominates them so they have to follow him then there's the slave himself which was the one that i forgot about um and often they will like the slaves will pray to like a lich or a hag or something to to try to get some magic and then there's the booyog 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 that is what it's called it's just them chanting the word booyog three times and that is their title and it it's a goblin sorcerer Oh, right, specifically wild magic. But person. yeah, who can't control it? So it's just a when you've got all your yeah. little goblinoid horde running forward, and there's one goblin in the back with robes just going, ah, and he like points, and then <laughs> shit to his left blows up. Right, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now the the fun thing about this is you'll note reading through all these casters, not any one of them is a cleric, or or a paladin of any sort. That is because their gods are very selfish and don't like sharing their power. Yeah. They are there to mm. oversee, and no goblin is going to get the power of Kurgorberg. Or Maglubia. Or Maglubia. Uh It's just not going to happen. Um, next, I mean, we all know kind of what a goblin layer looks like, but for those who are new and have, have an idea, goblins will make any hole in the ground or any old ruin their home and they will make it their thing. They want it dark, dank, dirty, and wet. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't we all? There is there is a note the, about That's the name of your sex tape. <laughs> dark, dank, dirty, and wet. Yeah. I approve. Um, <laughs> we've There there is uh, we've when I was doing my research for this week, there was a little uh, line that I loved and I mentioned it in our mailbag episode, but that the texture of goblin skin is 
the uh, 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 the difference between a slug and a like like a bat leather. like a bat leather right uh, like a leather and a slug and they're just moist and kind of greasy looking little things um, absolutely love them and they're everywhere in fantasy as well right and they tend to kind of have the same tone all the way across well what's interesting to me is is that goblins we talk about their tribal and they're out there and they have these little warrens that they live in and shit right yeah but you also see them in urban campaigns just like skulking around in the background of alleys and maybe they're holed up in a sewer like they don't just have to be outside tribal they could be stealing out of the out of the dumpsters, you know, yep. in Waterdeep. They they can be pests. There's a there's a goblin mob boss in, that's built right into I want to say Ravnica. Really? Yeah, that's super awesome. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, we've gone with the shortest of the three. Uh, next on the list, we're gonna go with the biggest on the three. We got your bugbears. Uh, bugbears are these gigantic, hairy, bestial, savage creatures. Uh, they tend to not have much of a formal society amongst themselves. It's kind of might meets right with them. Um, they are just absolutely savage. Uh, they collect in gangs and, um, sometimes those gangs will be fairly close and tighten in amongst themselves and they'll, they'll, you know, mourn the passing of another bugbear, but they are mostly there to worship their gods, which are Hrugek and Grankul. Um, as a Warhammer 40k guy, bugbears are closest to what I think a, a group of like snake bite orcs are. Um, they're just tribal. They worship their two gods and, and they are, uh, very savage and just gigantic hairy monstrosities a lot of people often don't see them being in the same camp as goblins but they all kind of feature in the same thing they're all created by flip to the page because i cannot pronounce this name kurgorberg <laughs> equally um any notes about bugbears boys i love the fact that it's built right into bugbears that they're just fucking lazy yep oh they are <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's like built into them that they're gods are like their gods have like taken some of their their essence, and so it makes them lazy. They will rage out. I mean, they're essentially barbarians, yeah. right? Without the totem stuff. But the the thing about them is they're big, hairy, goblinoid. Like they're nasty and foul, and they will just beat the shit out of goblins because there's nothing better to do. But for the most part, they just want to like laze around and be waited on, and they're they're. I think that's that's kind of like what the bear part of it yep. comes yeah. from. I think that's what I and think. And the hair, yeah. Hell, well, okay. So, the, so do you know where they get the name bugbear from? Because they're neither a bug nor a bear. Do you no. guys know the no. origin of this? So, a bugbear is just another word um, in like in old European lore for boogeyman. So, when the inventors created Dungeons and Dragons, they just took like boogeyman and ghosts and yeah. and. Like they're night hags and bugbears and banshees, and they just said, "Okay, what are these things going to be?" Yeah. And so they made bugbears being one of the things. A bugbear and a hobgoblin are very similar in original, like like European. I'm trying to. I think it's Germanic that's translated to yep. um, lore. So that's where they get the name from. Goblins and hobgoblins and bugbears are all kind of lumped together because that they're the same thing in lore when you go like in traditional fairy tales. Yeah. So that's that's where they come from. The other cool thing that I like about Bugbears is that they have their own boogeyman. His name is is uh they never say his name. 
because they're scared of him. But his name is uh, Skigaret. And he's what? Yeah. Skigaret. Yeah. Do you have one? I'm gasping. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. Yeah, no, because it's a, like a cigarette. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I got the joke. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but, but they're super, super, super superstitious. So that's like, and that's my favorite thing about them is they've got boogeymen. They have their gods, and everything they do is either a blessing or a curse from their god. Yeah. If one of them just has a heart attack and falls over, my god, he was cursed. Yeah, right? like and, and like they don't have priests or shamans that in their in their uh, uh, in their structure. They just put these out onto these gods of like, if the gods are displeased, they'll strike you down with lightning or they'll make you blind. Right and and the bugbears just go oh that was a curse of this person but they don't actually have their own priests or shamans of these guys yeah is it true that they were uh, created by hobgoblins all the way back uh okay so it depends which lore you're in right? yeah and and like when I was doing my prep there's a lot of third and yes mm-hmm. yeah hobgoblins are kind of the older of the three and the hobgoblins created both the goblins and the bugbears yeah. but that's old lore and not part of fifth. Yeah, no, they're just their own they're, races, they're right? Their own thing. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. The other the other cool thing is that there are fewer bugbears than like there's a million goblins. There are for, for every hundred goblins, there's ten bugbears, right? There are very few of them, and they just walk around in gangs, shoving over the other goblins, being like, "Hey, yeah, fuck off." And 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 the, it's the their worship of their gods brings them to that as well because they are. Uh, they believe that their gods have given them the superior size and the superior strength and that because their gods have blessed them with this superior size and strength to the other goblinoids, that they're, uh, they are positionally better and they lord that over top of the other, uh, goblinoids, even though hobgoblins are far more intelligent, far more tactical, um, far more interesting as a race and goblins are just far more chaotic. I, I think my favorite thing about bugbears is that they, in my opinion, they've got a short attention span, right? So they're, they're like, they're going to be ferocious and you don't want to face them on the battlefield. But man, they've, oh, we've been fighting for six days and yeah, walking and I'm going to yeah. sit now, yeah. right? And they just, they, like, they've got a lifespan to how long they can be angry. An orc is going to be pissed for life, yeah. right? A hobgoblin has got is what he wants. A, a knoll is just pure chaos. Bugbears, they they kind of go in waves, right? Yeah. So that's anyways, that's that's what I got for bugbears. Yep. So the next on the list and uh, the most they're my favorite. They're my favorite as well. Like I love my goblins, but like reading about hobgoblins this week is just. Oh, been... you're talking about your kids. <laughs> uh, I actually call my niece a goblin, and, yeah. and like she's just always been my little goblin. And that's funny. I, I, I yeah. call her Munchkin. Yeah, well, yeah. she's amazing. I love that kid. Anyways, um, the next on the list is the Hobgoblins. Uh, there is a fourth, which we will briefly discuss, um, but they're not really well supported in 5th edition, so we'll, I'll just mention them as a thing and then we'll move on. Sure. Uh, but uh, your Hobgoblins, these are your um, war-obsessed, conquering force. They are the smartest. They are the ones who are... They're um, martial, right? They're they very armor. martial. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, and their entire society is based off honor and combat. They feel like like samurais to me. Yeah, very like and and very brutal samurais. Yeah, like uh, they they if you have uh, they're what, hold hold grudges. Yeah, they yeah. will. Uh, like any act of the minus amount of cowardice as well is like a capital crime in hobgoblin society. 
right? You do not back down from a fight. You stand strong. You fight. And you do what you are told because the hierarchy is important, right? They're, they're militaristic by nature as, as, uh, as a race. Um, they have, uh, um, they have their gods as well, which are, they have their two unique gods as well. Yeah, why do they only have two, Dan? That's my favorite thing about goblinoids. Uh, I don't know. Because Maglubiot rose up one day and said, fuck the goblinoid pantheon, I'm going to kill every son of a bitch out there. And wiped out a pantheon, except yeah. for about six gods. Wow. Yeah. And that's it. He just like stood up and went, that's it, I'm doing this. And uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't pronounce? The overseer of all. Yeah. yeah. He just let it happen. Yep. And and McGlooby's like I am the I am the king now. And even the hobgoblins are like, yeah okay. Yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. So they 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 worship McGlooby specifically, but they also uh, uh, worship <laughs> Nomagaya, however you pronounce that. Yeah, name. Nomagaya. Yeah. Um, next uh, on the other list is uh, Bargriviek, um, which so they worship McGlooby, but there's also this Bredgarget. People, they're goblinoid names. They're hard to pronounce. It's just not going to happen. Do and better, my, Dan. My so when you're reading in the like old Bible names as well, the the idea is to just start it strong and finish it as a whisper. If you if you have his name problems. was Abraham. Well, was like, his <laughs> name's Methuselah. Yeah, right. His like name was Jesus. <laughs> you have troubles with that one. You failed at seminary school. Anyways, um, and, we're, and we're praying to John. <laughs> Hard G. It's a hard G. Um, so uh, there is uh, the two gods. There's uh, Nomog Gaia, who is the more um, stoic, and uh, he's the he's the one that kind of inspires that militaristic atmosphere uh, to to the hobgoblins. Yeah, he's the one that inspires them to use like long swords and hand axes, and like mm-hmm. you're you're right. He's he's the martial side of this. Yeah. Um, and the next one is uh, Bargriviek. Which is, uh, uh, I believe it's female, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bergriviak is the one that is all about the philosophies of and the society of the hobgoblins. It's where a lot of the honor stuff Yeah, a lot of the honor comes from them. So um, they base their entire society around uh, the ranks that have been given to them by these gods. And that is uh, descending order. You got your warlords, your generals, your captains, your fatal axes. Your spears, your fists, and the very bottom rank is a soldier. Um, and, and even the lowliest soldier is better than a bugbear, which is better than a goblin. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that is just the way they do this. And their entire society is honor-bound, um, everything else. They tend to take over. They'll, they'll attack strategic strongholds and then take that over and really put down roots there. Um, they will pull in... Um, what they call permanent visitors, which I love, um, which is basically their slave cast, their cleaning cast, their everything else. Um, and they will, um, their entire drive is to conquer and make Magoubliet's, um desires known and fulfilled. Right? So, brief, lightning fast overview over all three of them done. Um, the one I do want to mention as a, a little aside, they're not really well supported in 5e, but there's decanter goblins as well. They are goblins that are medium-sized, and they're medium-sized goblins 
They, uh, the lore around them is that they have been twisted by the hobgoblins to fulfill a certain will. Um, they're not that well supported. There's not a big breakdown about who they are, where they are. I think they're very popular in Eberron games as well. I think that's where they come from. But we're not going to be covering Fuck Eberron. Much. Yeah, fuck Eberron. Um, so. <laughs> so aggressive. It was aggressive. That long uh, discussion aside, grab your dice. We're going to roll for initiative here. I want to know, when you guys think of goblins, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? And goblinoids. Let me... Oh, Terry, Terry's got to do his hair. Wait, you, well, you asked to the worst time. Okay. Dan, roll your shit. That's Terry's. Terry, roll your shit. Sorry. Oh, 12. You know, he had a 2, and you bumped him to an 18. Yeah, bumped me to an 18. Well, this is the story of my life. That's I'm what going, I like to bump people to. <laughs> I'm going last. All right, so Adam's going last. Adam, okay. you're actually not very good at this anymore. Yeah, yeah. i got to be employed to roll dice. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, my favorite thing, the first thing that comes to my mind with goblins is uh, um, the chittering mass horde and a very specific encounter I did uh, once which had um, goblins had taken over this large thistle um, forest, it was like thick vines with gigantic uh, uh, needles and stuff on them. And they had taken this stuff over and what they had done is they had actually found within this thing totems that... They built their entire uh, society off of, and there was like the bear, the wolf, the uh, bear, the wolf, the bat, and the uh, goat. I think is what they were, and there were these four tribal leaders within this um, city-sized thorn patch that were fighting amongst each other and just could not get along. Um, and the party came in and like had to really work this political intrigue, but with goblins and. Everything was about grabbing their shinies, and they all had their, like, twisted pieces of metal that they used as I weapons. I feel like people use goblins to be golem a lot. Yeah. Like, my precious, yeah. my shiny, I need to steal the things from the hobbitses. And that's that's a little bit of them, but they're, they're more... Uh, they're more building up their name and their tribal... Than their tribe, and they've and got more of an agenda. They've like got more of an agenda, agenda than just simply getting the shiny thing, right? Yeah, like yes. they they want to build up their society and build up that wealth and get renowned. Here's here's the thing I have. Um, I think people play goblins as being too stupid. Yeah, goblins I are agree. average intelligence. They have a ten intelligence. They are the same level of intelligence as hobgoblins, as people, and as people. And I think they get played as the. And they're not like that. They will have a conversation about what is worth, what is not. They will strategize. They're tactical. I don't imagine them as the mass horde running in, like, the cobalt style. I imagine them as, what was that? Off to the side, in the bushes. You hear a little, you hear movement, you hear movement again. Because they have nimble yeah. escape. They they hide, and then they'll strike, and then they'll run away, and they, then they'll come they, back. So what we've done with kind of how we're planning these uh, episodes is... We're doing them, and these are all called mob mentality. Yeah, and it's because we're talking about these large mob races, like these, uh, and like kobolds. They're trap makers. They're they're yeah, they all have their own thing about. They them. have yeah. all have their own thing, and like go, uh, goblins, they're, they're incredibly cunning, right? Yeah, that's and, what and, I mean. they're and, not they're not stupid. They're no, not, not they're not mobiles. falling over each other no. and trying to pick up gold. But I think sometimes they get that reputation for some reason. And they're not. I think they're they're tactical. They're sneaky. They're off. I don't think you'll see them until it's too late. That's because they had lower intelligence in previous editions. Yeah. So like it's it's a holdover. They're, they're average intelligence now. Yeah. Right? They will. They will. A goblin will sit here and have a conversation with you and I. 
Yep, but he'll be scheming. Might see. Okay, here's my thing. Goblins for me are the go-to comedy race. Right. That's the go-to that I use goblins for because I'm not going to do it with orcs. I want orcs to be scary. No, I want gnolls to be scary. I want kobolds to be devious. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And so I use like bullywugs and goblins as being relatively funny, and ogres too. Those are my three comedy races. Yep. And they're funny in different ways. But goblins, to me, I I feel like they're average intelligence, but they all think they're geniuses. And that's where the funny comes their from. their wisdom is lower. Yeah, because they're just, like, they're not dumb. They will figure stuff. They will invent the most convoluted, stupid shit to do. And be like, this is the best way to do it. And you'd be like, no, man. It's over. They will make... They will make a sled that is built on the back of a bear because bears are big and they're going to have special spears to be able to, to keep that bear in line. And there's going to be one like slave master behind the rest of them, <laughs> which are telling the goblins how to, how to get this bear to go because they've got this, this hoard of gold on top of this bear. And if they would just put the gold in everybody's pockets, this would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not dumb. They're just, they're, they're just... intelligent enough to make this contraption. Yeah. But they're not wise enough. To just put it in their pockets. Well, yeah. it's like there's there's that one creature that we fought on the boat the one time. The the, the goblin hucker. The goblin hucker. It is. It's, a, it's an ogre with a catapult on his back, shooting goblets and spiky helmets. With, well, yeah, they have spiky helmets on, and they fly with their spiky helmets. This is right out of Storm King's Thunder. Yeah, and and it it that to me is like the quintessential goblin artillery. Yeah, yeah. it is an ogre Wait. with a weird catapult strapped to his back, and they're like, oh, we'll just take these. Things on our heads, and we'll just go. Well, yeah, but they have enough intelligence to be able to outwit the ogre, to be able to subjugate the ogre, to be able to build the catapult, or at least like change it and and adapt it to be uh, worn. They have enough intelligence to be like, we need to get over there right now because the best strategy is to be able to board them, and most importantly, we need to be able to protect ourselves. So let's all wear helmets. Yeah, yeah, right. But this is still a bad fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. and this You're is, shooting yourself with a catapult across the battlefield. Yeah, and this is what I like about goblins. That that's why they're comedy for me. Yep, yeah. That's um, fair enough, yeah. But the moment I introduce bugbears to it, I I've got a three stooges thing going. And then hobgoblins, no, we're serious. This is a this is a war. Yeah. Right. And Here's so, some strategy. Here's some yeah. tactics. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's the thing about Hobgoblins that I love as well is because they're so honor-bound and everything, everything is just straight lines with them. One of the characters I want to run eventually is a Hobgoblin who is trying to discover humor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, sure. Um, you get him, give him, like, levels of bard, but he's just bad at it. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Or, 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 or even, like, like, or he's a sorcerer, right? I, I don't know if... Hobgoblins don't understand humor. I think they don't have time for it. Well, they don't appreciate it, right? Yeah, and like this is a guy it. who's trying to break that hobgoblin. Oh my god, militaristic bard! You should do hobgoblin bard. It would so, be fun. Okay, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing about them. I mean, a goblin is a rogue. A bugbear is a barbarian. A a hobgoblin's a fighter, right? Yeah. Like that. That's yeah. where we're landing on this, right? What's they, interesting about it is that they don't all work together nicely. Right, and when they actually come together, it's because they've been summoned by Maglubiot to go on this to, to declare war. For the most part, the goblins are over in the woods over here, and the hobgoblins. The hobgoblins. My favorite thing about hobgoblins is they have the Academy of Devastation. Brilliant. Which is a secret school of like a secret magical school, Hogwarts style. Also, the yeah. name of my sex tape. <laughs> Academy <laughs> of Devastation. Yeah. Wolf. Uh, that's that's your comment about eighteen earlier. So. <laughs> So anyway, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> so 
Um, the, the great thing about it is when the hobgoblins start to understand that, hey, you know what, it's time to go to war, they, they, they're still superstitious to some degree. They're still looking for a sign. And it could be as simple as they ended up in the same valley with the, the gang of bugbears and they were all on the same side. They both raided a village at the same time. Like, oh, oh, we're allies now. That's it. Every goblinoid in the, in the country, yeah. round them up. We're attacking the humans today. Yeah. And then they go, right? That's yeah. all they need for a sign. Whereas the goblins are, can be easily fooled and the, uh, and the bugbears are like looking for actual, um, portents and omens. The hobgoblins are just like, is it time for war? War? Yes? War? All right, it's war. Let's go. Yeah. Right. And so, like, did you say war? It sounded like you said war. I, I wanted some more. I said more, but more war. war. So yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So uh, Terry, you got a special thing about goblins that you like? I, I gave mine. Oh, okay. Well, uh, do, I, do I get to go? I was last. You asked Terry, and then you'll talk to me. I just assumed that you just covered it. No, I was just going. I was just bouncing off of your shit. Okay, cool. What what you got, Adam? Um. So the the my favorite thing about goblins, period. The first thing that comes to your mind when you think of goblinoids. Um, I I think of sneaks, right? When something goes missing, the very first thing that I think of is I go in order, goblin, some sort of fey creature that stole something, or a kender. That's what I'm looking for. Fifth Ed doesn't have kenders, so it's really thank God. But but I'm I'm looking in like where's the nearest goblin? Empty your pockets, you little shit. Yeah. Every goblin I've ever seen has been some sort of thief. Yeah. Right. There's very few anything else besides sneaking around. And you guys know um, in the Hobbit with the ogres that have captured all the dwarves, and there there's a wow wow. Well, well, we got to eat this one first. We got to eat that one first. When if you make the dwarves little fey creatures. And the goblins, ogres. That's the same conversation. Yes, yeah, right. And that's where I come from. They're they're little Tolkien ogres, right? They're kind of they're kind of dumb, but they're smart enough to win this battle. But they're also going to forget that the sun is coming up. Yeah, right. So like they they're missing that that there's common a disconnect sense. with the common sense. They have common absolutely sense. no common sense. No common sense. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. so they're going to sit there and be like, oh hey, that's shiny, and it's and it's. Uh, you know, nobody's watching it right now. I'm going to take it. Not just because it's shiny, but because, oh, someone else covets this. This is really important. I'm going to take it. So they're going to take it. Goblins will run afoul of wizards every time. <laughs> right? Goblins yeah. are the ones raiding wizard keeps to be like, oh, they have power. We need power. Let's get power. And they go in there and they blow themselves up. Yeah. Right? Because they're smart enough to get in and dumb enough to not pick that shit up. Yeah. Right? And so I do think goblins are, are funny, but they're going to be the the engineers of their own demise. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's that's where I come from. With cool. Uh, well, we're going to move on to commercial. And when we come back from that, we are going to talk about uh, specific combats and strategies to use with your uh, goblinoid kind. Cool. This episode is brought to you by WildBot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AOE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's WildBot3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit WildBot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. WildBot3D.com Wildbot. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, thank you. What? 
just instantly fall apart. Just so serious. You just stared at him down as though it was like some important news show or something. And we're back. (laughs) Please don't tweak your nipples. (laughs) You're Terry. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, Uh, and we're back. Uh, Thank you again to uh, WildBot3D, our first real sponsor. Um, and, uh, and you can hear the quality of our audio has gotten infinitely better. Infinitely of, better. Of this wonderful giant mic that we have here. Yeah. Um, that, uh, they managed to, with their sponsorship, they've gotten for us. Yeah. So yeah. it looks so. like, yeah, it looks like a big silver space shuttle. Oh, it actually looks like a rocket ship. So it's got these down here. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, so, uh, like- thank you so much, Wildbot 3D. Uh, everybody, please, uh, this is aside from the, uh, Commercial, this is just Dan speaking to you in internet land. Go to wildbot3d.com. Take a look at the stuff this guy's creating. It's fantastic. And he, What kind of stuff, Dan? He's got uh, uh, condition markers. He's got terrain features. He's got all these things that he's printing and will ship pretty much everywhere from Georgia in the States. So it's it's uh, he's got a really cool demon wall. He's got the condition markers, which are incredibly useful uh, for your games, we have for years used things like bread tags and bread bag tags. Yeah, yeah, and and like the little piece of plastic you take off of a little gallon oh, of milk. Yeah, yeah, milk carton. Yeah, like those are the things we've been using. We're gonna be moving on to these uh, Wildbot 3D uh, made. Yeah, uh, all that's going straight tokens. in the landfill. <laughs> Well, no, we can actually recycle those here. Straight in the land. Straight in the goddamn land. Anyway, I'm going to talk about goblinoids. We live on the West Coast. I'm throwing it straight in the ocean. But I'm not stupid. I'll do it on the American side of the border. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. Take that American Ocean. (laughs) Yeah. We love you, American Ocean. We love everything about California. We would never do that. There are like two states between us and California. What? You're just going to drive Wait, straight from BC straight down to California to throw it out? Or like, what? why not just like... It's just Northern California, right? Go it's down to Point Roberts California. and throw it over the... Wa- like the, the uh, No, the- it's beautiful. Goblinoids! Goblinoids! Okay. So, uh, I want to talk about combat and strategy specifically with each of the three and uh, what they would typically do. So, um, let's grab our dice and then we'll each cover our favorite. Um, Polyhedral son of a bitch Don't fucking fail me now uh, (gasps) Natural one Terry's gonna take both Terry Terry completely missed the box (laughs) Tied for first (laughs) Oh we tied for first for 15 Alright come on Terry Come on Okay, I'm gonna I was terrified when you knocked my dice there. Yes! I rolled double digits twice. I am so I I, I have an erection. I <laughs> That's what that thump was. And I can feel it. Oh, it's not mine, but I have one. Um there return we go. that please. <laughs> Anyways, Terry. Oh, I get to go first. Oh splendid. Um okay. Combat and strategy. I thought Terry just woke up. <laughs> Terry's woke. Terry's woke. No. Now that we're poisoning California with our bread bags. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So what are we talking about? What tactics should players use against goblins, and what tactics should yep, DMs yep. use against other goblins? Yep. Okay. Are we okay? Let's talk first in the caves, in the tunnels, and then first I'll talk about. Yeah. Okay. Sure. We talked before about how, how goblins are intelligent enough to have some sort of tactics and strategy, but they don't have. They lack wisdom. They, they don't have any common sense. So what I would be wanting to do if I'm taking on goblins is, first of all, I want to be restricting 
There is everything okay, gents? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Adam you're filled up his water cup because he's feeling super a little drunk. loud. Yeah. Super it's loud. Super it's gonna be in the recording. It sounds <laughs> like he's off to the side peeing. Yeah. Like, the direction wore off. Here <laughs> we are. <laughs> Adam started. I told you to give it back. Adam started peeing, and my erection increased. Lisa's <laughs> <laughs> not furniture. This man. is the worst. Okay. Goblins. Goblins. Okay. Fighting in caves. Fighting in caves. I want to first control their movement, but I talk about them a lot. But also, I'm going to be using the idea of bait, okay? When you're on the battlefield, you control what you do. Don't let other people dictate how you're going to react to them. Just because the goblins are off doing their nimble escape and they're hiding and they're setting their little traps and drawing their short bows, doesn't mean that you then go into the cave system and try and deal with it. Try to draw them out. Control Mm, their movement and you start to use baits. Or be the bait yourself, but make sure that you have blink or some form of teleportation or you can use your abilities to... Draw them in, draw them to where they want you to go, and then you bamf out, and then all of a sudden you're behind them. Okay, that's what I would be doing. So then you can use your AoE, you can use your Magical Darkness, you can corral them, whatever. If I'm the DM, and I'm using tactics against players, okay, first of all, they're, they're a mob, so I'm going to be trying to rely on action economy. Hopefully, I score a high initiative, but it's unlikely. Um, so what I want to be doing is, 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 is using a combination of, in an ideal world, mounts and their ability to hide very well okay what does a goblin ride <laughs> it depends on how good their uh, persuasion role is yeah, no, okay that, that's fair uh, but when you they're were... going to be riding wargs and they're going to be riding wolves mainly um if goblin dogs what's, what's a goblin dog there's no goblin dog in fifth uh ed. yeah so uh, there's no goblin dog in fifth ed but Just, they have riding dogs they have be... they have riding dogs but they're also goblin dogs are rodents they're gigantic dire rats Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm just like, like, what? What do they? What do they ride? That's that's a little bit different, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a, a beetle. I, would, I, I see. I see goblins riding beetles. I, and like I, large insects. I well. would. I would give a goblin boss like the the leader like a like a bat in a cave system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then he's not piloting it very well as well. And like oh, just, it's he's just, just screaming like a, and like. And like Throwing little little alchemist fire grenades that they found in a carriage, yeah, just like a drunk tie fighter pilot, yeah. <laughs> all over the place. Okay, um, so I would use green the... four checking in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've used the con- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this! I'm out. Fuck you! Oh, we interrupted Terry no. too many times. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'll come back. I can't. Okay. We can't do this at you, Terry. I can't. Just be Dan and I making pee noises. <laughs> I can make goblin noise. Shut up! Okay. Okay, I'm using a combination of their ability to hide, their stealth, their volleys of short bows, in conjunction with the, the heavy movement from the mounts, because what this does is restricts the player's movement. The mounts give them enough chaos that they have to deal with that. While the volleys are coming in from the arrows and then nimble escape, which is a bonus action, allows those teams of goblin archers to hide again afterwards so that they can't be detected. So that the only thing the players can do is get hit by arrows and try to deal with constant movement from mounts. Awesome. Adam? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Whoever that <laughs> we is. finally got through that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, you have to realize that there are three different strategies for the goblinoids. Right. Um, first and foremost, for me, I would say that uh, goblins themselves... Look, they're neutral evil of the goblinoids. They're, they're, they're neutral evil. The hobgoblins are lawful evil. And the bugbears are chaotic evil. 
but the sheer number of goblins and their and traditionally speaking they're just seen as being more chaotic. So I would run them as being kind of organized chaos, especially when you have like a goblin boss nearby as yep. well. With but the moment that you put a bugbear in there with them, bugbears are stealthy. They're ambushers, right? Even though you think that they're these big brutes, that's what makes them scary, is they are never going to let you go first. Mm-hmm. They're going to come at you out of the shadows. And if they're running goblins, if they're bullying some goblins around, the goblins are coming out of the shadows too. And they can be sneaky enough to do it. Yeah. Right? So the bugbears will change like this kind of chaos... Um, in, ensuing attacking force of arrows out of nowhere and stuff. N- no, the bugbears are like, look, we're sticking to the shadows. We're going to wait for them to be asleep. We're going to cripple their mounts, right? We're going to kill the, their, their smaller creatures and we're going to take the big ones for, for ransom, right? And goblins, you're all doing this for us or we will hit you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's right. basically so, the But the then you put a hobgoblin on it and the hobgoblins will, will say, They'll fly their flags and say, "This is battle we, we, on the open field, and you and I will square down against." And they will straight up duel you if they can. Yeah, yeah, right. Or, or they will. And and when the, the goblins, when the goblins lose enough goblins on the field, they should all just scatter. Yeah, yeah. they'll run away. They'll run yeah. away. Right. The bugbears may not. They may fight to the last man. The hobgoblins will, for honor, definitely see this through. Um, un- until they're pulling back and retreating their forces yeah. because they'll get uh, more military uh, strategic advantage like a, out of it. It's more of a tactical withdrawal than a retreat. Than, than a, than a, yeah, scattering of forces. Yeah. You ha- you'd also have to point out, specifically with the bugbears, because they form these incredibly tight-knit little gangs amongst themselves, if you take out one of their gang members, you are now a target for the rest of that gang. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. And they will hunt you and they will kill you to the and everyone you've ever met, yeah, right? they're going to hold grudges. They hold and the it's biggest gonna, of grudges, and it's going to take a hobgoblin to hold them back. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so I just want to point out though that my favorite mechanical thing out of all the goblinoids is something. It's only on the goblin boss, but man, I'd put this on every goblin because it is the best thing I've ever seen for any mechanic, and it's their reaction. It's called redirect attack. When a creature the goblin can see targets it with an attack, the goblin chooses another goblin within five feet of it. The two goblins swap places, and the chosen goblin becomes a target instead. So that is just them grabbing the the adjacent ally and going, human shield, right? Like (laughs) me shield, and just like like swapping them and say, I'm not going to get hit. You're going to get hit. Yeah, yeah. It's going to make for abject chaos for the dungeon master to keep track of which goblin is which on your battle map and whatnot. But that's so much fun from a flavor from a flavor perspective of them like crawling over each other to get out of the way of this shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, for, for me, what I would do, um, I, I run goblins, uh, in combat a lot of the same way that you would see like, uh, velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Like they are going to be setting up distractions and sneaking in and getting at you from the side. I run bugbears as the big dumb brutes of the goblinoid, but they're really not in fifth edition. They like, they are ambushed. I know. And then like, that's what was really surprised me when I was reading it. But, uh, I find that hard to break. So um, having a barbarian that's good at stealth is terrifying. So I, I would agree with you on that one. Um, but 
outside of Goblinoid, and I'd run Hobgoblin's exact same way you were saying, Adam, just basically saying I agree with you. But I want to specifically oh, bring say up... say it again, Danish music to my ears. I don't want to give you another erection. Um, what, I want to, what, <laughs> what I want to bring up more than anything else is what other allies a Goblinoid might have and use and uh, bring it in. And we mentioned briefly they'd have their wolves, their wargs, their giant rats, their bats. Um, they, for me, in my mind, a, a horde of goblins always has like several pet fire beetles. And should be sending the fire beetles out uh, ahead of them in combat. Like, go fight these things first and see what happens. There should always be... Uh, um, fire beetles, for those of you that don't know, are the size of, like, dogs. Yeah, yeah. They're these gigantic f- fire... Beetles. Beetles. Thanks, Dan. But, no, like, gi- <laughs> uh, th- th- you kill them and they explode, right? In in this conflagration of flame. like, And, and they... Uh, do fire beetles have breath attack anymore? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they, they have these things to them. And, and goblins often keep these things as pets and will send them out. And I, I, I often put them hand in hand. I'll also have a... Uh, um, almost every tribe of goblins, I think, would understand that there is a lot of use in having something like a kobold on retainer. And by on retainer, I mean tied up in a shed. And if they need some traps done, they're bringing out this. Cobalt. You don't. You don't think that the goblins are going to build their own traps? I think they are, but I think they're also going to realize that the cobalt also is damn good at this. Yeah, but the, remember what I said about common sense. But they slave things, and and that's the one thing that uh, a lot of uh, goblinoids are very focused around is they are enslaving, and especially I, I, I would I would put them more towards enslaving gnomes though, because gnome tinkers are going to be able. to Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, the gnome tinker and a kobold are kind of interchangeable. Think, so like, whoa, in my mind, whoa, Dan, no, no, look, kobolds. Cobalts, yes, make traps, and that's their mentality. But it's very crude traps. I don't it's, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, but the goblins are very crude as well. So no, I don't even the see go- this being a problem. Goblins are smarter than cobalts. Yes, they, very much so. That's why they have one on retainer. But that's like me having a six-year-old on retainer to do my algebra. Like no, I'm with Terry on this one. The, the cobalts are making crude traps, but the cobalts no. are also these tight little tunnels. Right? Whereas the, the goblins have moved into an abandoned keep. I don't see kobolds as putting up, like, like intricate plans to cave in a ceiling. That, I, 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 I give kobolds far too much credit, I guess, in your guys' mind. Because I also view kobolds as being far smarter than a goblin. Then that might not... That's just the way I run them. Um, no, the, like, the, the, the way I see kobolds is, yes, they have that mentality of traps and that's what they want to do. But it's very crude, and it's almost like, I don't know, it's that whole idea of, oh, if you strap a scorpion to the end of a stick, the scorpion will stick the per- sting the person. Yes, it will. Good idea. Do that. But the goblin will go, I have a sword. Like, I'll just stab. Like, I don't need the... I'm, yeah, I understand what you're saying with, with, the, with the cobalt with the scorpion on the end of a stick. But, like, the way I've always run cobalts is they are trap masters. And that is the thing I have, lean into heavily with cobalts. Well, right, we're going to jump into a cobalt episode in the future. We will. They're one we of will. the mobs that we're going to cover. Yeah, they, they really truly are. But, cobalt aside, a group of go- uh, goblins, a tribal goblins, will have several slaves that they have that have useful purposes that they will then drag along and forced to would, do would, things. Would you say that it's 
it's applicable in D&D lore. It's pretty standard in fantasy, but specifically in 5th edition, that goblinoids have enslaved or are working with ogres. Yes. 110%. Yeah, I, I totally lean in that direction as well. Where you find where you find goblin, your siege weapons are just ogres. Right? Maybe an Etten. Mm-hmm. Right, but we're talking the the giant kin. Right? Yeah, yeah, the very much so. Yeah, they they they're getting the big dumb thing to help, and like even the the goblin flinger, the goblin catapult thing, it's an ogre. So um, hucker, it's a goblin hucker. Anyways, so uh, Is that really name it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ebola? No, it's it's not Ebola. It's it's not <laughs> it's not cricket. Like, <laughs> Dude, well, it's right. Those the whole thing's not cricket. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets, Carry on, Daniel, about And me. he just goes full British. Forgive me, darling. Um, no, uh, so... <laughs> Don't forgive him. Anything else we want to talk about combat here, boys? Um, I could go on for days about, about goblin combat, but, like, again, uh, Terry, I think, hit the nail on the head with it. They're, they're using ranged attacks. Yeah. Right? You're not going to get into a melee attack with a goblin with a sword until his back is against the wall. They're going to shoot and run and shoot and run and shoot and run. And keep coming back. Keep yeah, back, and, and back. they're going to... And here's the thing. They're intelligent enough to say, I can't fight that thing. I'm getting out of here. But they're dumb enough to run down the dead end. Yeah. Right? And that is a goblin to me. Whereas a bugbear will run down the dead end, hide, and then ambush you. And the hobgoblin will never run away. Yeah. Right? Or is only going to retreat if he can muster forces. Yeah. Right? So... And I and I can see there being archers and range for hobgoblins, but not for bugbears. Yeah, and goblins are particularly dangerous because if you have a hobgoblin running that that group of goblins, the hobgoblin's going to say, "Aim for that one with the robes carrying the magic stick." Yeah, hide, aim again, hide, aim again, run away, come back. Well, well what's interesting is that traditionally speaking, you have goblins that are uh, when you run into a goblin cave. Right? There's a hobgoblin running them. But that's not how 5th Ed is written. No. Hobgoblins are their own thing, and it is the group of hobgoblins, the society that comes in and takes over the other goblinoids. That's why we have right in it, uh, we've got goblin boss is a thing. We've got bugbear chief is a thing. They will run themselves. Right? And so you don't need a hobgoblin running a goblin. Yeah. Uh, goblinoid camp, right? So, will the goblin boss reluctantly give up power, or will they just naturally? Absolutely. When the bugbear shows up, okay, you guys are running the show. Don't beat me up. Okay, yeah. right. And, but the bugbears are going to come in and just kill him anyway, and be like, "We run this place now." Okay, right. And that's that's how it works. So the goblin boss is going to be beaten to shit and left in a hole somewhere. And if he survives, the bugbear he's just he's got to cow down to the bugbears anyway. Yeah. Right, and then the bugbears are going to be like, "Oh, we run this place, and hot goblins are just going to march in in formation and say, you did. Yeah, thank you for mustering the forces for us.' And now you listen to us, and we go this way. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's yep. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to our shutout and the shout out, the sh- and, the and, shoot and, out? and and then we'll uh, start talking about some shout out. Some various other things here. So, uh, Adam, you had a shout-out ready for us here. I, I, this should be a no-brainer to anybody that's that's anywhere near the, the D&D community like online. Sends noobs D&D <laughs> is the shout-out. Is, uh, is the Pickle Dragon. Yeah. Uh, the Pickle Dragon is absolutely, um, first of all, one of the most active uh, Instagram um, pages at, at all. Uh, it, and there's always something new and interesting and intelligent. On there, it's not just memes. Yep. There's, there's something that you can Terry. get. I feel personally <laughs> Good. Good. Um, but I, I find that they're one of the pillars of the online D&D community, right? Yeah. Everybody knows who the Pickle Dragon is. And if you don't, 
you know now. Um, but it seems to be, you know, run by nerds, for nerds, celebrating nerds, right? And it's not just D&D. They do other stuff, too. It's mostly D&D, but there, there's a lot more uh, beyond it. The thing that I love about the Pickle Dragon, I, when I was first, like, scrolling around and, oh, hey, what's 5th edition? And, and I, because I'd been away from D&D for a little bit after 4th, yeah. um, I discovered that, uh, that they were just about to publish the Monstrous Lexicon, which is a book that they've done, which has 70 new monsters, like oh, classic old school, wow. um, artwork. They got four new playable races. The, like, it's, and it's a hardcover book that you can order and buy, and it's, it's considered one of the, you know, third party, like the official third party books. People yeah. know what you're talking about. They love it. And it's, it's, if you're going to play with Unearthed Arcana or the, what is it, the Wayfinders Guide to Eberron and all that, you can be playing with the Monsters Lexicon as well, right? Yeah. So it, they seem to be on the, on the same, uh, tier really. But they do, uh, they do giveaways, like, Pretty regularly as well. Like yeah. it, it behooves you to actually follow them and pay attention. But uh, Dan, you were talking beforehand. I'm sitting there going, "Oh, the pickle drag is great." And you're like, "Yeah, man, we know." Didn't you know that it's? Yeah, he, he sits across the table. Uh, Joe Manganiello and uh, all these other guys who are nice. like celebrity D and D. Those players. guys are just really helping the community as well by I, just making it so much more mainstream. Yeah, and, and for sure. fifth edition did that anyway. But I think doing it using you know these people are like hey actually we also play and we have this huge uh social media base now where we can show that to people and it just brings so many more people into the game a lot of the design of my little nerd room here which admittedly is uh, a room in the middle of in, in my basement that is just got a bunch of it is a professional it is a recording studio doing that <laughs> stop telling them that it is a basement it is a sub ground level recording studio Sure. Anyways, uh, I, a lot of the uh, interior design of this thing has been inspired by like Joe Manganiello's basement, and I see it all the time. You just peering in his windows? Like... No, no, no. Like Pickle Dragon, like will show videos of this thing, and like it's one of the reasons why I I've got Sheila up on the wall there, my colossal red. We and should just place. We honor. should. Just clarify that Sheila is a dragon, not a red-headed woman you've strapped to the wall. <laughs> Just a colossal red-headed woman. Just a no, colossal <laughs> red The, co- the colossal Sheila. red dragon that uh, miniature that was released she is a, a decade dragon. ago. So, but, yeah. Before they got rid of the colossal sizing, which now I'm... But anyway, again. this, this shout-out is dragging on, so we're going we're gonna to move forward. Yes! Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Nice. So, anyways, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the Pickle Dragon. Uh, check them out on Instagram. They're cool. absolutely fantastic, and they're one of the things that I look forward to when I log in to see what, what they're up to now. Yeah. So, so uh, one of the big problems I find with uh, Goblinoids, just as you're running them stock, uh, your goblins are going to be your low tier, your bugbears are going to be your, like, tier two, and you're going to really start di- diving into uh, hobgoblins, like, end of tier two, beginning of tier three. Um, but they tend to be fairly low end of things. So, uh, guys, I, sorry, I want to talk about, uh, example encounters and, um, uh, ways to make goblinoids scarier at higher levels. Like, what do you do with tier four goblins? Grab your dice. Let's do it. All right. Guys, don't fuck me, don't fuck me. 17. 14 <laughs> seconds still. But still, I'm back in double digits, guys. I'm, uh, I'm working back up to it. I'm terrified. Who won, Daniel? That would be that would be you. Did Terrence. I win? Yeah. It's not Terrence. 
It's, 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 not, it's not Terrence. As we learned, it calls me by his name. I'm actually changing my name mm-hmm. from Terry to Terrence, as I feel like it will give me more uh, more truck in the community. Um, first, okay, you asked me a lot of questions there. Yeah. Which so, way would you like me to go? Uh, what would make a goblin encounter scarier? How would you make a scary goblin encounter at like a tier four? Sure. I'd have them running by strategic military thing because that'd be hobgoblins and hobgoblins are smart enough to go, hey, y'all living in these caves? Well, they wouldn't say y'all because they're not bloody peasants, but uh, are you all living in these caves with these giant bats? Yes, we are. Well, we're going to stick saddles on them and you are going to ride them into combat and I will teach you aerial maneuvers. And I think aerial combat with goblins Oh, on that would giant be a bats. hell lot of fun. I don't... Led by hobgoblins. I don't like airships in my D&D, but goblins on an airship, back to my like original Warcraft days, that, that speaks to me on a personal level. Oh, I, I'm I not done. That. Oh, oh, please, please educate us, Terry. <laughs> There will be two goblins. Two goblins. <laughs> two goblins. One, now there's two ways you can do it. One will either will either be a tail That's gunner. Four goblins. <laughs> one will either be a, acting as tail gunner. Okay. Or, or in the event of giant bat goblin bombers, one will simply be taking your idea with the helmet on the spike, the goblin bomb that comes off. Oh, just just skydiving. <laughs> just like with a belt of alchemist fire dropping you, off of yeah, the back of the back. I don't even think he's kamikaze. I think he's just like cut the wings off in Arakakra and like he has them sticking out of his backpack going, I will fly now. Yeah, so the Hopgoblins have gone, we've raided this uh, cache of uh, alchemist fire. You, hold this uh, this green vial. This green vial? Yeah. Like, don't hold open it. it. Don't yeah. open it. Don't drink you it. Pilot, oh, he's drinking it. You pilot the giant bat. When I give you the signal, I want you to jump from the giant bat holding the alchemist fire. So I think and my it's point funny is, because he won't throw it. It won't occur to him to jump. No, no, he'll it. just walk no. off the bat with it. He's yeah. intelligent enough to know that, know that this will do a lot of damage and that he should listen to his leader, but he won't throw it. Um, so, yes, I think anytime you're bringing 3D stuff into it, it's going to get a lot better. And aerial combat, there's... It's, if they're led by militaristic leaders such as hobgoblins, there's no reason why goblins aren't smart enough to fly giant bats. And I think aerial combat. Will All right, for a good two-point encounter. Um, I kind of got I kind of got two thoughts on this. One's a sure. real answer. One's kind of a shit answer. My 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 shit answer is reskin it. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I've done, you guys remember this, is uh, I had a bunch of goblins that had joined a, a cult uh, for a demigod that was snake based, and so some of them were able to unhinge their jaws. Some of them were able to spit venom. Yeah. Some of basically them... made malice and goblins. Yeah. Right. I, I I wanted them to be. I wanted to lean into the body horror. Goblins are so easy to reflavor because they're so basic. Yeah. Right. And so specifically goblins themselves. It doesn't take much for you to say this is a fire goblin who's been blessed by a fire elemental, right? A phoenix has burst through this cave and all the goblins now are on fire, right? Or it can be, you know, water, uh, air, earth goblins. Like goblins just like stand up out of the ground and when they hit you, their fists are rocks. Like, and we're not talking strictly goblins anymore, but you can have the players chase the goblins into an area. The goblins get warped by whatever powerful magic there is, and then they, they come back with these new crazy abilities. And that's that stacks for me. I, I do that with any basic creature, like a like an ogre. I wouldn't do it with a giant. Giants already have their flavor, mm. right? If you want a giant that can do air stuff, stop using fire giants, right? But I think goblins are really easy to to re-skin. yeah for sure yeah. But for high level play, I would I would say that the goblinoids have won. They have an entire country, 
and you need to get into the middle of it. And you may be able to cast your reverse gravity and stuff, but you have to go through a kingdom yep. size of goblinoids where there are like bands of ogres. There are bugbears that are like that are the scouts of the perimeter scouts through the woods and they will see you coming yeah even at level 20 they know you're there because it's their woods and, and they've enslaved all sorts of things i would also put bugbears would they'd have lycanthropes with them yeah. where boars and where rats will fit in with goblinoids pretty well riding drakes i imagine as well yeah absolutely so we're we're just we're still dealing with low-level creatures but the action economy is working against you Yes. And so in Fit that that's really easy to do with the action economy. And when you have to go into blind tunnels, areas where, where bugbears can be sitting in wait, or goblins will have set their version of traps, right? If you've got to get into the, the military encampment. Have you guys seen, I think it's in Volos, there's a there's a picture of a goblin yeah. lair. Mm-hmm. And it's really well laid out. It's well thought out. Now expand that so there's like 10 or 12 of these things. Right, with all the different little bugbear holes and, and the little goblin encampments and, and and you can just extrapolate on this one thing to make a city. It's not just a small town, yep. but it's a metropolis of goblinoids, right? And have it be a freaking horde. Because as much as we're talking about mobs and we talk about orc hordes, the goblinoids there are enough of them that we should have a freaking horde. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where I'm coming from. And yes, your level 20 monk is going to be able to go in and wreck house. How many key points do you have? Yeah, right? You're going to run out. Yeah, and that's where that's where I'm coming from. These battles are... And it may take a while for you to like burn through the party's resources. Right? These are long battles that you're going to run. Tonight we're meeting for three hours and we're going to run the first half of the battle. Yeah. Right? But still, by the end of it, if you're, if you're using time stop... In the first twenty minutes of this, you're screwed. You're gonna need that shit later, right? So, so I working. Sorry, Dan. Uh, I just was. You brought up an aspect of this that I, I I think we didn't really address in the previous episode. Um, how do you handle a goblinoid horde? Like a literal, like you are standing in a keep and there are ten thousand goblinoids coming your way. How do you, as a dungeon master, handle that? How do you, Terry, as a player, handle that? Am I high level? Yeah. Level yeah, we're talking high level encounters here. Um, am I expecting You're level goblin t- horde? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's say you are. It, yeah, I would say there's 10,000 goblins coming. You know about it. Yeah. You will see the smoke from the distant villages on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, even if there's a lot of them, goblins we know will still scatter in chaos or if they're feeling like they're being hurt. So I think what you need to do is disrupt them. Um, so that they, they feel they will feel structured initially, which is what the hobgoblins want. But if you can cause, it doesn't need to be a lot, but AOE damage in different areas, use your own traps, your pit traps or whatever, and scatter them so that they feel disorganized or they feel that they've lost their own momentum, mm-hmm. then they'll start to come back. You can reorganize. They'll come again, do the same thing again, and thin them out over time. Yeah, okay. Cause, uh, cause them to retreat so you can reorganize. From the other side of the battle, uh, battle the, the battle field. The, the battle field. Yeah. The bat, the, the Bad the, the badminton field. field. Yeah. Um, uh, how would you run them? No. No more British sports. Sorry. What? Well, we were talking about whiff whistle or whatever bullshit it's <laughs> coming up with. I was trying to describe my shuttlecock to Adam. <laughs> it's, it's got a strange red head on the end of it. And what's with the feathers? <laughs> Anyways, uh, from the other end of the table, the other end of the field, how as a DM do you handle a horde of 
goblins. All right, so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just make them all minions. Every yeah. goblin has one hit point, every bugbear has five, and every hobgoblin has ten. Yeah, they have seven right. hit points anyway, goblins. So if you're talking level 20 play, it's seven yeah. is one. Did, yeah. did you hit? Yes, they die. Yeah. Right? And it should be the bugbears you will kill most of the time. Maybe, maybe even hobgoblins would have less than bugbears. Bugbears would be beefier. But the but they would have the hobgoblins would have their regular AC, right? And you would keep the hobgoblins back and just pushing forward more you've got bugbears in the front line to lead the charge and hobgoblins in the back to make sure the goblins don't run away. Yeah. Right? I know that they're gonna scatter, and so my hobgoblins are gonna have kind of a radius around them to be like, no, Dicks get back in line. Oh, right. Like uh, Stalin style. Man, I talk about Stalin a lot of these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, he kept his generals at the back yeah, to re- stop to kill anybody who retreats. Essentially, yeah. right. So yeah. So I would absolutely. I, I, and hobgoblins are red too. It fits. Oh my goodness. Right. So, um, so, but that's. I, I would run it from that perspective where where we're running forward, and while there is definitely going to be the siege. I would have goblin bosses and bugbears and bugbear chiefs and hobgoblins. So hobgoblins, they're spellcasting hobgoblins, and I think it's Mordenkainen's, right? Like, they, there are different versions. You have a couple every once in a while. These are your targets. If you can kill this one, the rest of the goblins will scatter. If you can kill enough of them, enough of the lieutenants, then all of the goblins will scatter, and it'll take them a day or two to reform their lines. And they're going to try to... See, for me, again, it's going to come down to your fighting against time. They are going to get within range to build their trebuchets to get over that wall. Right? Their siege weapons are going to have to come in and be built. Or they're dragged in by ogres, kill the ogre before the catapult gets close. Right? Or they will wheel the catapults in, but those boulders are heavy. Right? And even 12 goblins will be squished by the boulder they're going to so that's where I'm coming from is is strategic placement of your spells. And you can put your monk and your fighter out on the battlefield. They're going to get hit a bunch. So you put them with the cleric NPC, right, that can just heal, heal, heal. All of his spell slots are cure wounds or mm-hmm. mass cure wounds yep. or whatever it is. But I'm not getting weird and fucky with a goblinoid horde. There's no stat damage. There's no... Um, uh, oh, you know, today we're doing psychic damage because we have psychic goblins and stuff. No. That's good for an encounter in the bottom of a cave with a handful of goblins. Yeah. If you're doing a horde, stock goblin, yeah. right? Stock goblinoid. You need to know what you're getting into unless you've already established that every third... The blue bugbears have more hit points, right? Don't mess with the math too much on this. Yeah, if you yeah. overcomplicate it, you, you you can present a really interesting challenge, like a horde, you're in a keep, it's a mass battle, how are we going to handle it? And that's so engaging for players. If you overcomplicate it, you're going to lose people. Yeah, and, and I think and that's just... Like, what the fuck's happening? That's just good for any sort of mass combat that you're dealing with. The other thing, too, is like it's specific objectives, right? There needs to be the portcullis. If the ogres get to the portcullis and raise that the goblins are in, and you're going to lose. You're fighting room by room, mm-hmm. right? And now it's not a defend the keep, it's an escape, yeah. right? So the objective changes. So you're keeping the goblinoids back, you're keeping an eye on the ogres, and you have conditions. And you would know, maybe you give an NPC that is a strategic battle master that says, look, we have to keep the gate protected, we need people up on the wall shooting down, and we need to aim for these targets. And then you let the players choose which which NPCs they're going to put where and where they're going to go and 
what resources do they have? And maybe I'm rolling percentile dice to see how many no-name guards versus no-name goblins are dying every round. Yeah. And we're just keeping a tally on a whiteboard. Cool. Right? Like, that's... Yeah. I can't think... Anything more than this, we're getting... That's complicated enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, that's that's how I would run a horde. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, what I would do for a horde is I would run it, funny enough, a bit like a skill challenge, just a prolonged skill challenge. Like, if you are one level 20 wizard, there's, you're not taking out a horde of... Um, of goblins. So I, I would run it more as like, this is, uh, like, like in Walking Dead, you know how the, the zombies are kind of the backdrop to a human drama. And that's the way the Walking Dead plays out. I would kind of do that with the horde as well, where they are this encroaching wave and you as your little party of five people have to figure out what best use you have. And I wouldn't so much, um, I would actively discourage open combat with the horde because it just doesn't make sense that five people would try to stand their ground against the horde it makes perfect sense in 3.5 or pathfinder if that's what you want to do yeah go do that fourth edition you're going to get overwhelmed you'll run out of your your powers yeah fifth edition the extra economy is going to just wipe you out yeah exactly so I, I i wouldn't do that so um that has it for us for this goblin episode guys uh if you have any other questions uh, something else we didn't quite cover as well. Please send us an email at itsamimic at gmail.com or info at itsamimic.com. Yeah, leave us comments on YouTube, uh, iTunes reviews. Really help us out. That's yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Reach out to us um, on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Oscar underscore the underscore orc. Uh, you can catch me uh, at Rusty Styrofoam. Uh, you catch me at send noobs dnd on Instagram. That's send noobs o o b. Yes, but please also send nudes. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. <laughs> just the, just nobody's biting on that one. No, no, no. no, no. We're not going to let you dangle on that Shit, one. Yeah, we're getting a little dicks. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what Anyways, you get. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, uh, for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast. Um, I, I want to ask one more question on the way out, gentlemen. What is one, real quick, one little plot hook you would use to drag your party into a um, goblinoid couple sessions, a goblinoid encounter or whatnot. So, real quick, one little plot hook. One interesting... We roll it for it? Yeah, why not? Sure. Little fuck. Let's do it. 11 oh, tied again. for first. Sorry. Okay, all right. All right. Come okay, go. You little bastard. Oh my God. 16. Oh, you... You fucking fuck. You knocked him from 16. Adam's flipping chairs. God damn it. All right, you Terry. Like, you like aimed for it. You are the worst. He was people. laughing before the dice stopped. I waited wait to see what it landed on. It was 16. I was like, fuck this. Fuck. You are There's the a reason that the people. first two syllables of your name are in the word terrible. <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'm going to go back to one that, Adam, you know very well, and you know, uh, before I recently did an NPC encounter, which I didn't expect to last for so long, where I singled out a, a, a goblin alone because I wanted, because I don't like the idea that goblins are just presumed to be always evil. 
Mm-hmm. I don't believe, yeah, I think it's more of their conditioning, that they're constantly bullied and beaten up and made to do things that they don't want to do. I think, like any other creature, they feel pain, they feel emotions, and so I put a very young goblin NPC in a sewer system, knowing that somebody would try and kill that goblin. And when they hit the goblin over the head, the goblin went, Ow! Why? And began to cry, and the players were like, what the hell's going on? This goblin like feels things, and then they. I went, was ready to murder the shit. Absolutely out of ready this. to murder me. He had no feet. On, he had no feet. He had no shoes on his feet, and they went into his little room where he stayed because his job was to take the weapons off people that try and sneak into the castle yeah. through the sewers. Found a journal of his where he said that he, you know, he kind of woke up naked, doesn't know where he is, and that he's his only friend is his boss who gave him a name and calls him Goblin, and that all he wants in the world is one day he can have a pair of boots to be like the other people, and he hopes one day he'll get boots, and just really played on their emotions and they went from trying to kill this goblin going to this goblin will never die and if anyone ever tries to hurt this goblin we will murder their whole family oh he was straight up adopted and adopted this goblin player characters were allowed to die this npc was not this goblin rode on shoulders and was given gifts was bought boots and was just this at at our christmas episode i was dming i'd taken over yes uh, you take over and and, and on our episode our christmas session uh, I actually made a card for one of the players from the goblin and like spelled it like all the stuff backwards yeah. and misspelled the it. R's backwards. Yeah, and this, stuff, this yeah. goblin was, and it's a treasured possession until this day. And the idea yeah. was that what I was tra- what I was trying to put across was this, this goblin had never known any other goblins, and and actually because of that didn't speak goblin because nobody ever taught him that language. He only spoke common. Uh, was I was just wanted to play on their emotions and be like, this goblin isn't evil just because the book says he's evil. Yeah. You know. Cool. Adam? Um, I what? Look, steal, steal your player's shit. Yeah. Right? Goblins are thieves. Have the players wake up low level, high level. Make them high level. Level 19 characters. The goblins burrowed their way into your Liaman's tiny hut, yeah. and they stole your shit. And they burrowed out again, yeah. right? That's like, amazing because they're intelligent enough to figure out how to do that, but they're dumb enough to piss to, off the level twenty characters, yeah. Yeah. right? And so then you're just out to get your shit back, and it's goblins. It's like six goblins. Your level twenty characters are just going to walk up and either wreck the place, and that's just a weird little like you stole their stuff. They're mad for twenty minutes. Because you don't take a player's stuff, right? Yeah. And and but they get the stuff back and they they wreck the house. They feel like gods, or they're gonna be like, "What the fuck is the deal with these goblins? Why? What? What is the deal?" And now you've got a weird social interaction. He's gonna be the, the toughest goblins ever. Yeah. Covered in. Right. And so and it's just it's just like six goblins with shovels. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Right, head Follow to toe dirt going. Sorry. Then you get to their camp yeah. and one's holding like the wand of lightning bolt and wearing your ring of fire, and you're like. Okay, easy. <laughs> Everybody, calm down. Don't, don't understand what they have in their hands. <laughs> oh, I, I love like they, they, they're trying to use it too, and they can't pass the like the check to be able to cast out of yeah. a wand. So he just stops, starts picking his ear with it. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> like, don't look down the barrel of a gun. Yeah, it's Luke with the lightsaber. <laughs> um, what I would do is I would play on the fact that they have these gods and and this interesting. Uh, story with Magubliet, and I would give the players uh, a relic of one of the gods that was defeated by Magubliet, and then try... Steve! Yeah. Uh, no, what? Grab some, like, putty and throw it at a wall, and whatever that sound makes, that's the name of the god. Just it's, make it's, it a... slurp. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah. Like, it's just this weird guttural vomit noise, and it, it can't be any worse than 
Cure gore bear. I think there's gonna be a lot of hard hard consonants. In yeah, there. like K's and G's and and, and T's and yeah. A E. We should play a game called Stroke or Goblin God. <laughs> I, I'm no, sorry, that's excessive. <laughs> no. Stroking Goblin God. Stroke or Goblin. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. we were stroking yeah. God. Yeah, I, I, I heard Stroke or Goblin no, Gods, and is I'm this like, person having a stroke or saying a Goblin God name. <laughs> but uh, that's what I, I would I would do as I give them this artifact, and now all of a sudden they are heretics to all Goblin and make this item like something that they have to discover and figure out and they got to find that one goblin that still worships this guy on the down low or something and and pull the players on along that way so that's what i would do thanks for listening to the it's amendment podcast we'll check you next week bye bye bye